Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Search Chat. I know it's been a while, y'all. Yeah, I know you guys have just been waiting for us. We actually took a short break and we're getting back to it. You know, I always believe in disconnecting with regular and reconnecting with yourself in a new scene. And that's why I specifically love vacationing, traveling, you know. I think we all need breaks regardless of whether you go somewhere new or not. Yeah, and I'm going to just say that even if you like just love what you do, you do need a break from returning from time to time. And so we did take that break and now we're here and we're going to talk about culture shock. I feel like it's a long overdue. I mean, we came to this country when we were like, what, 13, 12? So I'm glad that we're getting to this topic. So yeah, specifically, our personal culture shock when we came to the United States is what we want to talk about. We came around 07, if I remember correctly. I was around 13. That was around 14 years ago. I think I was around 13 at the time, 12 going to 13. Uh I still remember some of the things that surprised me about this country. And, you know, while we say this, remember that culture shock is something that is universal, right? Realistically, you can go to another state or city within your own country and the way people do things could be culture shock for you there. I mean, Larissa and I, we recently went to New Orleans, right? And the way people do things over there was very different from what we know, you know, in our own um, respective states. Honestly, I cannot wait to dive into that whole New Orleans experience. But yeah, you're totally right. Like, I'm just saying, even if you go to like the rich part of Connecticut, and then you see people have like houses for their boat, that's definitely a culture shock. They're just like, oh, damn. Okay. But yeah. City to city, you can definitely get culture shock regardless of where you are. But yeah, so we're going to talk about some culture shock that we experienced when we first came here in 07. Yes, and I think talking about culture shock, honestly, is a great conversation starter in general. Like when you meet someone new who just moved, like let's say I'm here and someone just moved to this state it'd be very exciting to see what it is in my current state that they've never seen in their state and all that stuff. So I love conversations about that. I have a lot. (laughs) I had a lot of like culture shock when I came here. I have a lot of examples of um, some of the things that I was just like, oh my gosh. But my first will definitely be that generally, of course, depending on where you live in the U.S., hospitality and being friendly neighbors is not most Americans forte, right? Mm. To expand, coming from Cameroon, when someone visited us, at least I can say that for our family, I can't speak for every family in Cameroon. And again, personal experience here. All throughout is going to be a personal experience. Yes. What I saw around me when someone visited us we were very welcoming and the people around us were very welcoming. You give them water, you know, if you have food, you give some, you give them some food and the kids just play around your neighborhood freely. And here is different. You know, we came to the U S the first state we lived in was Connecticut. It's very, very different. I will say, I do remember that, one time I was home, I believe I was home alone, 
and my mom had a handyman come take care of like something in the home and when he came I I was expecting because my mom said hey this person is gonna come and fix this and da, da, da. so when he came I was just like oh yeah would you like some water would you like some food would you, you know anything um would you, would you like would you like something to eat and he was like no I'm okay and so I thought I was being very neighborly and very kind and then afterwards you know he again this is my first few weeks here in the U.S. and he was just after when he was about to leave he told my mom like you know your daughter is very kind but like you know, just let her un- let her know, like in the U.S., you know, you can't necessarily just be so friendly and all that just to, to anybody because you never know who is who. So just mm-hmm. tell her to be careful and stuff like that. So I was like, oh, I, th- I thought I was being nice and kind and hospitable, but I guess that's not a thing here. Um, and I can also say now in my adulthood life, like whenever I move somewhere, it's so difficult for me to even know who my neighbors are. Even now, I don't know who any of my neighbors are. I don't know what their names are. I don't even know what they really look like. You barely see anyone at all. Um, and yeah, and to me, like it wasn't always like that. But to me, this is the new norm where you don't really get to have that friendliness or neighborly whatever it's just not there at all yeah I can definitely that I experienced that as well hospitality being I mean they're hospitable in their own way over time but that whole friendliness to especially people who are considered strangers or like neighbors it's not really there and um yeah I can definitely relate to that I know it's kind of interesting, though. Now we have um, new tenants who are from Portugal. And when I say these people are the nicest people ever, like, you will see them and they will say hello and then they take out the trash and then they do all these things and they're so friendly towards us. And it just dawned on me, like, they haven't been here for more than a year. Yeah, so (laughs) that right there, generally, when people come from another country to the U.S., they're generally more like that. Yeah. And then as time goes on, they're like, they start learning like, oh no, people are not like that here. Let's just, let's just mind our business and just keep to ourselves in our own homes. Yeah. Honestly, even now, other than I'm very friendly, I don't think I would extend that much friendliness as I was before to people that I just don't know, you know, right. I just won't do that. So yeah, definitely the, there's a level of friendliness when you first come here and then, um, it just sort of dissipates over the more time you spend here. So yes. Alrighty. So my first shock was actually almost immediately as we left the plane. And this one was more of a weather shock, I guess, not necessarily related to the culture, but this was more like the weather and it was the snow. So like you pointed out, we came here December of 07. Back then, we still had serious snowstorm. And when, I don't know about you, but when when I used to see snow in movies, like all I thought was that it was beautiful. And of course, I understood that it was kind of cold because people always had on like um, winter jackets. But I did not understand how cold and just how freezing winter could be because again super cold and that was like one of the biggest shock as I stepped out of the plane and then stepped out of the um, Logan International 
and coming from a place like depending on where you you come from, you know, so if you probably if you come from Russia, you wouldn't blink at the snow. But you have to understand that Cameroon is either always dry and hot or it's wet and hot. But it's never like super cold. And it's definitely like almost I don't think in my life I've ever seen snow in Cameroon if it even does that. Oh, so no. the, right? It doesn't. Mm, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. No, I honestly, that was one of the first things I noticed when I came here. Like my sister said, we came in December for crying out loud, you know, and it was so cold. We were not ready for that weather. I think we had jeans on getting out of the plane and not being well dressed for the weather. It was definitely a shock. And in the next few weeks, we had to learn, you know, like you have to wear gloves, you have to wear um jackets and boots and all these things like what the heck is that even now I will always always complain about how I do not care for the snow I don't like it I don't want it to anybody and any anyone who's willing to listen really because that's not what I'm used to my body even though I've been here for how long I'm still not used to that okay I'm I'm fine without it okay but yeah that was definitely a culture shock that just kind of hit us the minute we came through (laughs) like literally yeah I mean I personally I love winter and I love not necessarily the cold I just like winter because it it's quieter in winter so I kind of take it with the cold but let me tell you that's actually not the only time that I've been shocked by snow and this is where you could say like even within the same country things can shock you because I remember when you used to live in Boston well technically you used to live in Quincy but no one knows what Quincy is unless you're from that area. So you used to live in Boston. And I actually went to go visit a friend of mine in New Mexico. And they don't get like super cold over there, like maybe 50, maybe 60s. But I mean, Connecticut can get in like one digit or sometimes even negative. So and same with Boston. And so I went to go visit her. And on my way there, I jumped into a cab from your, you know, your your apartment had great heat, jumped into a cab and went to the airport. So I didn't really think about packing a jacket or gloves or anything. And on my way back, like I said, New Mexico isn't very cold. So I thought I didn't really think about it that much. And then I get to Logan International like at 10.30 p.m., And for some reason, I decided, you know what, let me take the train. Because if I remember correctly, your apartment was really close to the train station, right? Correct. So I said, you know what, let me take the train. Let me save some money. I just traveled. And so my dumbass sat, like, basically, by the time I got to your apartment that night, my fingers were frozen. And I only had on a light jacket or, like, a light sweater that was one of the times when snow just slapped just slapped me because it was freezing and this was me going from one state to another state so yeah that cold thing definitely is a shocker from time to time yeah no definitely I will also say that um after being here in the U.S. for a while I recall going to Texas there's a whole different ball game it's so hot over there most of the time i i don't oh my goodness gracious but yes so culture shock can definitely feel that if you're coming from another country it's a lot more and also if you're going from city to city or state to state it can be you know it can be there as well 
Mm -hmm. One of the other things that was definitely kind of shocking to me was the food. You know, in Cameroon, again, this is our personal experience, my personal experience. It's not necessarily the experience of every Cameroonian, but my experience in Cameroon, keep in mind, you know, that this was a long time ago. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we went to the market and usually bought fresh produce. So Mm -hmm. a lot of the things were very fresh, you know, everything is there in the market for, you know, you pick what you want and keep it going. Grocery stores, at least around the area that we're at, big ones weren't necessarily a thing. Maybe they are now. Again, that's why I said, keep in mind, this was a long time ago. Um, And thinking about it, I don't even think we had a fridge, you know, and you know what? I actually called my mom to double check about this because I didn't want to say the wrong thing, right? And I think it's also because we did not necessarily have a lot of money at the time. So we definitely didn't have a, a, a fridge. I called my mother and the first thing I say is, mom, did we have, did we have a fridge <laughs> when yeah. he lives in Cameroon? And she just busts out laughing. <laughs> but yeah. she confirmed, she confirmed that we did not have a fridge. <laughs> And I'm like, so how did we keep things fresh for the next day? Like, how did our food not get bad? Because the honest truth is here in the U.S., if I cook something and I leave it out for a while, it's going to get bad. Not even for a while, a day or two is going to get bad. It's just going to get bad. So my mother was like, no, like we didn't have a fridge. You know, she'd cook stuff in the, the fireplace and she'd just put it there on the floor, like, you know, in the pot in the, on, on the floor. So the weather there allows for things like that, whereas the wet weather here most of the times doesn't, you know. And I think another difference that I saw in the food here is the packaging, right? A lot of foods are sold in cans and are pre-packaged. So I was mm-hmm. very surprised that, it, and this is around when I came here, a lot of people didn't know where most things were originally from, you know, Um I met people that didn't know, like, for example, where chicken was from and where meats, certain meats were were from. And even fruits, like some people don't know the original form of some fruits, quite honestly. Like, like um, even papaya or watermelon. I know some people know watermelon, but some people don't know, like, this is the whole watermelon. Or this is the whole mango because they never really had that. They never really saw that. They just saw, you know, the cleaned um, fruit in front of them, mm-hmm. which I was just like, what? So, yeah, a lot of things are prepackaged here and fruits are caught up, you know, which, again, it just makes it easier. The whole the whole idea is to make living here easier, quote unquote, mm-hmm for people so people are not you know doing too much so they can just easily go to work and easily have snacks easily have this easily have that everything is just so you can just snap your fingertips and it's right there you don't have to work you don't have to clean a whole thing to 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 have your fruits or you don't have to you know kill a a chicken or kill a a, a, an animal or or, or something like that to have to have your meat right Um, but yeah so a lot the way things are here it is very different and there's also so much food here and again I think it's also again in Cameroon um, you know we didn't have a lot of money so when you don't have a lot of money you don't have access to a lot of things I guess that's the best way I can put it but here even if I feel like even if you don't have a lot of money 
you can still see a lot of things like you go to a grocery store why you might not be able to buy everything in there you see a variety of like so many different types of things like mm-hmm. there is like 15 types of chips or more than that types of chips and popcorn comes in like so many different um you have so many options and mm-hmm. and cream like everything even milk everything has like 15 to more than 15 different options so yeah there's just so much of everything here whereas in Cameroon when I was in Cameroon and where we lived and you know our lifestyle back then there was it, it wasn't a lot you know and also things are so affordable here I think of fast food restaurants where you can just go and get like a um, something for like I don't know a dollar or two or something like that or three dollars like it's it's so affordable depending on where you are whereas in Cameroon generally if you don't got money you can't really buy much quite honestly so yeah that was one of the things that was definitely surprising to me and of course as somebody who's new coming to America all of those things just look so wonderful they still do to this day when I see the amount of like you know types of popcorns or types of milk or what it's just it just looks fascinating and new and cool and kind of fun and it's like oh I can choose that one or I can choose that one so yeah it's it's very interesting Um, but that was definitely something that was very new to me when I came here oh yeah for sure there is a lot of options here when you were talking about the milk I just thought about how there's something like cashew milk and Mm -hmm. almond milk and I'm one of those people who just sit and say, well, how do you get milk from a cashew, you know? Because it makes sense to milk the cow. And obviously, I understand that there is a process to all this. I am not oblivious. But it's just like someone sat there and said, let me get milk out of cashew and produce this and sell it. And again, like you said, maybe they had these things when we were growing up, but we didn't have access to that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, definitely the whole food thing. The chips, when you said like 15 different chips, I'm just like, yeah, maybe from one company, but there's a lot more. Like, oh, no, listen, 15 was, 15 was a number that I was like, okay, let me say this number, but I know it is a lot more. Yeah. I know, like, yeah. it's way more than that. Like, it's, you want yeah. rice. I mean, rice was, you know, something, of course, like we had rice, you know, there in Cameroon as well. But my point is the options, the options of all of these things, it's just like, so vast it really is yeah it really is yeah but yeah so that was a good um that was a good one I will say though one thing that's um not really of a shock but kind of good that they have here is that they have their nutritional value on the things that they sell because I don't know about you but when I was in Cameroon I didn't really think of anything like calories or carbs or Girl. Not in the context of like weights or anything, but just in the context of those things existed. And that's something Agreed. that Agreed. But I think you know what? I will tie this into what I just did. I was telling you earlier that I went grocery shopping, right? And yeah. I was thinking to myself before this episode, I was thinking to myself, like, girl, if you're in Cameroon, this will be a cup of tea. Cause I was carrying like four or five different bags and I was struggling, y'all, struggling because um, the grocery store is just like 10 minute walk from my place. I was just like, ah, oh, this isn't that bad, you know, just buy a bunch of things and just carry it. But every single time, it's so difficult. Like I have to, you know, take a couple breaks, put the stuff down and, you know, pick it up again and keep walking. But in Cameroon, baby, listen, 
I would have carried all of that stuff no problem because you know we used to carry stuff everywhere we worked long distance to go to school we walked a long distance to go fetch water we walked long mm-hmm. distance to go do almost anything and everything that was normal so mm-hmm. I think that it kind of makes sense that you know we weren't so worried about you know weight or or things like that you can eat whatever because that was more of um something that was going to give you energy to continue to do everything that you need to do whereas here we're not as active here it's Mm -hmm. like you people you drive so you get in the car and you go somewhere most people here drive most people here I, I take a lot of Ubers I get in the car and when I get home I just sit here or you know there's not a lot of active you know you have to be very purposeful about being active here in the in the US, um, whereas in Cameroon, you know, most actually in Cameroon, if you don't really have a lot, you don't really have a choice. Like you gotta walk, you gotta, yes. you gotta go, you gotta be active. You, you gotta, you know, and it, it's the it's the wealthy who probably then have to be more mindful about being active, I guess, because they have cars and things like that. So it's very it's a very interesting, um, you know, difference. So it really, yeah, it really is such a difference. Um, but yeah, that was a that was a good tie into what you just did. Cause yeah, you're totally right. Cameroon, remember? We, I don't know how long we used to walk sometimes to go fetch water, but I mean, right about you... water, we went to we had to walk to school. School was not like twenty minutes away, thirty minutes away. Like we had to get up early you know, get ready, all that stuff, and walk our asses to school every single day. Mm-hmm. Like, my goodness gracious. Water was once in a while because, you know, sometimes there would be no water, especially at school. But, hey, yeah, <laughs> it was wild. And then also, like, you have to, like, it, it's boarding school, went to boarding school for a little bit. So I remember, like, you know, gardening, clearing the grass which most people never know what that is here which you is basically what, what is it no what is it like they exist use, um, okay they so use think the about mowing the lawn no more basically mowing the lawn the without lawn. a machine you're using a machete or a machete as we used yeah. to call it but you're mowing the lawn using a, ma- a machete yes <laughs> yeah so we, we didn't have the freaking lawn mowers um but yeah, so everything was just extra work. Everything was just extra work. Um, even to like, you know, cook was it took a lot of time. A lot of things took a lot of time. And so yeah, mm-hmm. we were very, very much active. And I was thinking about that literally while I was carrying like six, you know, four to six, and I ended up like taking some of the stuff and putting it in the in the other plastic bags just so that I could have four. Um plastic bags to hold and not six my goodness gracious girl anyways yes (laughs) yeah yeah so I mean if we can if we start going into the difference I think we can be here like all day (laughs) because lastly but I'm gonna move on sorry about that that was a long one go ahead but my I'm gonna move on to my next shock which um definitely saying um I don't know if you experienced this but when when I first came here, something that I would do quite often is say sorry. Um, it doesn't. It didn't matter what the situation is. As soon as I felt that someone was um inconvenienced in any type of way, I would say sorry. And that's not something that Americans do. 
Now, I don't know if I'm correct in saying that all Americans don't do this or even most, but we came to Connecticut and a lot of people in Connecticut don't say sorry if they sense that you're inconvenienced. And I'm not talking about something big, like, you know, obviously if something tragic happened, sorry is appropriate. I'm just talking about something like, um, something small, like, oh my goodness, I just, I just literally like water. if you're walking, if you're walking and you accidentally bump on somebody or like you're in somebody's way and you move, even if you don't bump in them, generally you will say sorry, but the person will just keep like walking. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and honestly, it didn't even have to go that far because I remember like something as simple as, as someone just saying, my pen stopped working. I'll just be like, oh, sorry. Oh, and- my gosh, girl. I definitely listen. I don't remember people would be like, why are you sorry? It's not your fault. I'm like, exactly. I pod- I- okay, okay. Sorry. Yeah. And they're like, why do you keep saying sorry? Stop <laughs> saying sorry. No, yeah. I know. And this was um I remember I had a friend from Nigeria too and she did this. She was um she was new to the country when I was in um in college and she also did this where she I would say something and she just say, Oh sorry and I'm and again I I did the same thing that those people did to me. I would just be like, Why are you saying sorry? Because <laughs> you yeah. didn't make whatever happened just happen. And again, it's tiny stuff like I forgot my book. Oh sorry. I d- and just like, you know, I have to go to this, do do this. And then we're just like, oh, sorry. So that was definitely a word in my vocabulary a lot more than it is now. And I don't know, like, I think that's probably common with, um, I don't want to say a lot of Africans, but definitely Africans from Nigeria, Ghana, and Cameroon, because I have friends from those area who, like, I interacted with them when they, around the time they just came here. And I noticed that they said that, um, they say sorry to a lot like I used to mm-hmm. so but now when someone says something that is just like a minor inconvenience I'll just say something like that sucks or I'll just say oh that's unfortunate and just keep it moving but I definitely try not to say sorry like I used to because it's, it's just weird now for me to do it but I remember recently not recently about a year ago well, not a year ago, that was 2020, and that was coronavirus, and that's a whole different thing, but about two years ago, this lady who just came from Cameroon, older than me, she's maybe like 32, 33, and she handed me a pen, and then she immediately said, oh, sorry, and I said, what? She goes, oh, I'm so sorry, and I'm just like, okay, what? She goes, oh, I disrespected you, and I didn't even know what she was talking about, and she was always just apologizing. And then she goes, oh, I'm sorry. I handed you the pen with my left hand. And I was just like, oh, okay. Which is another thing that Girl, not really a culture so song, but a different. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. I, I can definitely relate to that. I can say even now I say sorry a lot, you know, if, especially for me, if I'm inconveniencing anybody or if I do something that I feel like maybe someone had to go a little extra um, just because of what I did, whatever. I'm always like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I, I do it a lot. And I, I, I still have not changed that habit, unfortunately. Um, I guess for now, especially because of the, um, the virus, I just see less people. But generally, when I see a lot of people, when I'm around people or whatever, or in general, like if I'm talking to someone on the phone and something, whatever, I'm just like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Like, it's just, it's just normal at this point. It's second nature for me right now. 
I do recall when I was working um, at my pre- previous job, one of my colleagues was like, if you say sorry one time, like she, she was like, every time you say sorry, you're going to have to take a shot. I was like, oh no, oh no. It was yeah. so bad. It was so bad. But yeah, it still is bad, I think. Um, but I just, you know, I, I still still a work in progress for me, I'll be honest. Mm, I am very cautious, not unless someone expresses that they're um inconvenienced by what I'm doing or you know, disappointed or something. I still don't say sorry. I try to I've really tried to beat that word out of my vocabulary. Because yeah. there's something just something just so pitiful about it to me. Okay. So I just I try not to say it. And I think so far I'm doing really well. So yeah. Yeah. I always like try to I know I I, I understand um what you're saying about it being kind of pitiful, especially at least to me, especially when someone that's older, um, you know, and in general. So whenever people say sorry to me, I'm always like, No, 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 don't be sorry. It's like, you know, it's totally fine. Like and if I'm inconvenienced, I'll let you know, I promise. I know mm-hmm. it's like, you know, because I, I work um, at, a, at a firm. And so every time somebody does, you know, something, they're always like, oh, sorry. I don't know. No, 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 no. It's, it's, it's fine. But again, I, I always tell people that. But to me, I, I don't take what I preach. I, I keep saying it all the time. It's, it's so annoying. But yeah, I'm yeah. definitely working on that. So my next and last culture shock um, was that not everyone in America is rich. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Did somebody else listening? They're like, "Girl, of course. What? What the hell?" Um, but yeah, no, that was a shock for me because um, I I believe that America is a land of opportunity, right? When you're coming here, you hear it a lot. You know that even before, like, I don't even know how to explain it to Americans. It's not something that anyone really teaches you. It's just when you hear America enough times. And you see people from who you used to know come back home to your country from America. It's just different, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so you just have this idea that, oh, when I go to America, things will be different and things will be better. Nobody has to push that on you. It's just something that in general, based on what we see around us, in, at least in our country, that's just what what we thought of. that's what I thought at least I can say that for myself I think again yeah. most Im- immigrants most immigrants can agree with me on that hence why I mean they, that that's why they come here um when you compare their living experiences in the U.S. or when even when I compare my living experience in the U.S. and that of my home co- country it's a lot better for me here and there's again that's the reason why a lot of immigrants leave their home countries to come here in the u.s so when i came here i thought everybody in the u.s you know was was gonna be well off i thought they were gonna be rich you know i mean the houses that we saw for the first few days they were so nice everything looked great you know Mm -hmm. for the first few weeks um and of course as i grew older i learned that that was not the case I also think that it's because wherever anyone, again, like I said, that we knew that came from the U.S. or abroad came to visit us, they always brought a bunch of stuff like, you know, like goodies and cute things and all that Mm -hmm. stuff. And their outfits always looked so nice. And so I always just had this idea that they were rich, you know, and that was always my assumptions that they had a lot of money. 
I now now in my old age and when I travel, I realize that is because of the exchange rate. Mm-hmm. Um, like if I go to Cameroon with the money I have now in the U.S., I'd be considered rich too. But in the U.S., I'm considered middle class, honestly. So I think when most people travel to America, they believe they're about to get gold or something. Again, it might sound crazy <laughs> for somebody who's lived here their whole life. But to most immigrants who just came here, the goal is to work hard and make that American money and help their families. You know, check out our episode on remittance. We talk a lot more about this and the numbers will be quite shocking to you about um the amount of people that actually work here in the U.S. solely to send money back at home and how much they send back at home in general as immigrants, it's quite a lot of money. So this is very true. Um, so it's not it's a no-brainer that the initial thought of most of us is that, shit, there's a lot of money and opportunity here in America. Let's come here. And, and to be quite frank, I think most immigrants will agree that that is a thing when they come here. It's not easy to get, of course, but it's a lot easier for most of us to get something here in America than, than in our own countries in the long run, To like if I'm just being quite honest. So yes, definitely that Americans were all rich. Learn that's not the case. The hard way, I'm an adult now and I'm still working on, <laughs> on a lot of things and trying to take up a lot of things. Definitely not easy, but the opportunities are there for, for, for sure. Yeah, that's definitely true. I think especially for people like us um, where you you said it earlier but the, the level at which we came into the United States wasn't really super high you know bro we were listen there's um, <laughs> them and I've been compared in terms of poverty but we were we we were actually um very poor um when we when we came to the United States a few years you know around like maybe three years or whatever we it wasn't that bad. But we were definitely poor. <laughs> we were yeah. definitely poor um, until I'm, our mom came to the United States. And then, you know, she worked her ass off. Shout out to that woman. Worked so hard for her family and, and all that stuff. So until that, we were very, very, I, I, I cannot even describe it. So, yeah, of course, um, <laughs> everything is going to look like wonderful and magic and all that stuff when we come here, of course. Yeah, but I'm with you that I definitely thought that everyone was rich, especially compared to us. I thought what everyone would have to be rich, but here, no, not not everyone is rich. I think I was actually surprised when I first, not when I first came here, but when after living here for a while, I realized that I had seen a lot of homeless people and even as poor as we were in Cameroon, I don't think that was a concept I understood as a kid that people actually had no homes. Like, in Cameroon, I know that maybe you don't have a house of your own, but at least when we were growing up, you could always find, like, a relative or someone's house to sleep in. Yeah, just... but but, remem- but you do remember that at some... Maybe you don't remember, but at some point, we were homeless, too, in Cameroon, which is so bad, bro. It's... Yeah, can, I don't think I remember that, though. Home. That's the thing. Okay, okay, yeah. Yeah, I don't think I, I remember I that, but... I yeah. think it was kind of shocking to see like a lot of homeless people on the street in the U.S. Like oh, on well, the yeah, street, of course in the U.S. Like in Cameroon, yeah, we definitely see homeless people. So let's not even like you saw homeless people in, in Cameroon, right? Yeah, but weren't they mental? But I guess that's the same thing here. No, not necessarily. 
I barely remember. Honestly. I just think that it didn't register in your head. Maybe that's it. Yeah, because think about it. Whenever, like, let's say, you know, we're walking somewhere. Of course, when you're walking, you know, you see people, so you don't really think much about it. But when you're driving, you see a bunch of people around the roads and stuff like that. Like, what do you think? Those are mostly, like, homeless people that don't have a place to go. Because think about it. Most of the times, they're not selling anything. They're just... That is true. I will give you that. Walking around. Yeah. I will give you that. But it was still definitely a shock to see the homeless people. Because again, like you said, I was expecting everyone in America to be well off. Right. And the fact that they weren't well off and there were people who like slept on the street or didn't have anything was definitely a surprise. And, you know, we know, we understand that there's a lot of factors that go into that. It's not just money. Some of them are battling things like addiction and mental health but it was still just a shock to see that that existed especially in a place like america which we thought was all about golds and silvers and diamonds and everything agreed agreed yeah so back to my own shock which some people might laugh and say haha but (laughs) one of my final shocks and perhaps greater shock was that children had opinions now it's one of those things that I never really thought about until I got here. Like it wasn't a problem on or a problem or an issue or a concern on my radar until I got here. But when I got here and I realized that, wow, people actually listen to children in the classroom and some parents actually listen to their kids. But I'm gonna go back to the classroom because oh my God, there were some children would speak not necessarily in a disrespectful manner. But they could assert themselves in the classroom and just like, I don't want to do that. Or, you know, that makes me feel some type of way, not necessarily in that language, but they could assert themselves with the adults in the classroom and the adult would respect that. And that was definitely a shocker because a little bit of story time in Cameroon, I wasn't the best student. I, yeah, I was smart here, but in Cameroon, I wasn't super smart. And I hated most of my teachers and I hated especially the French teachers because they were especially, they were brutal. French teachers always seem worse than other teachers. And I don't know if that's because I really hate the French language. I, I'm just going to say that I do. I don't know if that's because I really hated that everything the teachers did just seem like meaner but I don't know. I know. I don't, I don't think, I don't think, I think it's because, um, back in school for and full disclosure we used to get like beat with a cane um you know if you did something wrong they beat you if you and i flogged i i would use the word flog because sometimes when i say beat people think bite but so flog <laughs> you would get yeah now sometimes um i don't know what is the accent or what now people are like bit what do you mean anyways um flogged you get flogged you with have- cane <laughs> You get punished literally yeah. for anything. You speak out of turn, you get punished. You fail a test, you get punished. Mm-hmm. You cough when you're you're not supposed to cough. Literally, you get punished. Mm-hmm. Um, you so everything. So basically, and I think like for the most part, because of course we're anglophones, duh. Like it takes a while to learn a language for anybody, really. So I don't think that the French teachers were very patient, and so every little thing they just punish people. Yeah, 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 that's probably right. And it was so weird because the point of teaching is that someone learns. But girl, listen, 
the reason I, you're, you're even saying that definition of the point of teaching is because you're in America. In Canada, at the time when you were there, that was not a point of teaching. I mean, that, that, was a, that was a great idea. And maybe that was a concept, but that was not, nobody was practicing that for real, for real. Let's be honest. No, I know. So since I wasn't the best student ever, I got punished a lot in school. And so when I came here and learned that students can get questions wrong and they'll just get a, a, a little notch in the right direction. I was just like, word? And then, you know, to, to students saying, oh, I don't want to do that. Oh, I don't want to take that class or stuff like that. I was I was surprised that they actually had like that. Um, what's that? There's a word for it. Like when you're, you're, you're like your own self, you're not just a... Uh, you have autonomy over your decisions. Uh, yeah, children had autonomy. And there were kids in elementary school. They had autonomy over whatever they got to do. And so that was like a big, big shock to me. And honestly, until you said that, I didn't re- I didn't really think about the fact that we- <laughs> that they did like beat the living shit out of us in school when we got things wrong, even the tiniest thing. I just like never thought about it. I just remember just being super surprised that, oh, wow. Wow, Girl, I, can get I got, I got, I don't, I didn't get, um, you know, flogged a lot, but I do remember one time I was a prefect, which is like the head girl. I, I, class I, 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 I was a class president. I can't remember exactly. I've already said this story before, but I just remember one time, um, you know, people were mad at me because I kept writing people's names for making noise. And one time I was just like, fine, I'm gonna be friendly and not write any names. Guess who got flogged? For each person that was making noise, myself, I don't do that. Listen, hell no. Mm-mm. I got flogged, and thank God I I didn't cry because you know after after you get flogged after like too many times, which for me wasn't a lot, but you you kind of get used to it. <laughs> so yeah, I got I got flogged for everybody who was making noise because I was trying to be a Mrs. Nice Girl. Please, after that, f no, hell hell no. But yes, go ahead. Yeah, you do get flogged for everything. I don't know if that's the case now, but that was, you know, the case when we were there years ago. So, yeah. Yeah, I remember one time, I I think this will live live on in like infamy, this story where a teacher picked up a student by the ear. You know what is so sad? I saw her. I was like, this is the little girl. Yeah, she's here in the United States. So she was being disruptive. I don't know if she failed something or she was being disruptive, but a a teacher picked her up. I think it was a French teacher, if I'm not mistaken. It was a French teacher, and he was tall as hell, and she was short. And he she was very short. Cleared her. Listen, and I'm speaking in Cameroon terms. I'm about to clear her. Let me describe it in American terms. Okay, so a teacher picked this little kid. Mind you, by this time, we're like maybe eight or nine years old keep in mind mm-hmm. picked her up by the ear lifted her up and then dropped her and as she fell used his feet to like sweep her legs yeah. so she couldn't land on her legs she landed on you know not her legs it's so fine, she fell yeah. like twice over and this teacher did that because i don't remember what she was doing exactly <laughs> but that's the kind of stuff we had to deal with and it, it was like normal for us back then it was unfortunately, totally chill. unfortunately unfortunately here in america yes. the teacher will probably be in jail for yes abuse or something it's yeah it, yeah it, it was very yeah it's very different man yeah yeah so definitely seeing that students had um 
like opinion. And shout out to her. She's a wonderful young adult, beautiful girl, amazing, you know, all that stuff. So I don't know if she's ever going to listen to it. I know we're talking about her, but shout out to her if she ever listens to this. Yeah, she knows who she is. <laughs> but in the, just just um then coming from that and then seeing students just having the rights in their classroom was definitely definitely a big shock so yeah I was like that's one of my culture shocks yes definitely I mean okay so that's it guys I'm sure people would love to you know hear more about our culture shocks and maybe you know hear different examples and whatnot and maybe you can relate but this is where we end our episode and we talked a little bit about our experience when we came to the U.S. some 10 plus years ago. And like my sister said, you can experience culture shock even within the United States of America. You know, I know we definitely have when we visit different cities. And I know I personally did when I moved to Massachusetts, you know, from, from Massachusetts, sorry, to the DMV. And we'll definitely talk about that more in another episode. But Narissa, do you have any last closing thoughts? Yeah, I would just like to say, I am curious as to anyone who's experienced a culture shock, please, please let us know. Even if it's something like super mundane and just something that you just know, just let us know. And we'll be happy to share that with the rest of our audience because it's definitely interesting seeing how people live and what people, one person considers normal and an, another culture doesn't necessarily consider it normal. I don't want to say normal. Let's just say different. It's very interesting to, un, to understand the difference. And it doesn't have to be as traumatic or as bad as teachers beating the crap out of you, but we'll still like to know about it. Yeah, it could be something as simple as the weather. I know people from Cali, you know, when they come down here, it's like a shocker that there's snow and it's cold. So definitely Mm -hmm. anything, please, 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 when you listen to this, feel free to let us know. You know, you can reach reach out to us via social media. We always thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for continuing to listen to us. Please be sure to share this episode. You know, feel free again to let us know what some of your culture shocks that you've experienced are. You can send us an email, you know, message us on Instagram, like I said previously. Leave us a voice note. Again, I I would be very excited to hear a voice note from somebody who has been listening to us you know about almost anything that we've been talking about we would love to hear that we can also share it on our episode on our social media and and, you know again if you really 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 love listening to us but i'm sure you do by this point that's why you keep coming back leave us a review you know on um, wherever you hear you listen to your podcast and as always we wish you have a great day bye bye guys Thank you.